0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music
1: Hello, my friends. Today, I'm joined by Eric Bedell. Eric plays drums and timeshares, along with some of my longtime great buds, Mike and John and Max. Those guys put out a new single in January called The Boot. Get the fuck out. Go check it out. There's a link to it in the show notes. Eric has had a parallel journey and has found himself not only as the drummer of a punk rock band... Uh, He is now a holistic life and leadership coach. You know, he really helped me immensely during a difficult time in my life and gave me some tools that I've been uh, able to sharpen as life goes on. With the amount of neon asteroids burning up in the atmosphere of our minds and the thousands of strings pulling us in all different directions, leading us to question who we are and who we want to be is people like him that can really cut into the center of the chaos he's taken his experiences and wealth of knowledge and mental health physical fitness and diet uh, and i suppose the soul you know i guess you could say that and turned it into a tool to help other people so i thank him deeply for coming out of the show and i'm very much looking forward to chatting on the podcast again and really diving into some of the things and ideas of kind of getting around the logistics of making your mind and body better uh, and there you have it eric buddell kick this fucker off cool and there it's going all thanks. right eric thank you so much for joining me welcome
2: fuck it my pleasure man thanks for having me on i'm i'm stoked to stoked to chat stoked to see you it's been it's been a minute man yeah it, it has is. been
1: too long yeah. um what i was thinking of while i was getting ready for this was that time that we when we played with you guys uh time in west virginia
2: yep oh that, yeah That
1: was so fucking fun it was one of those situations where the show wasn't insanely awesome Uh, And there wasn't a lot going on, but people didn't get shows there as often. The guy who had Mm -hmm. us at the Irish pub, which I can't remember the name of, um, just lives as the Irish pub. (laughs) I remember uh, we were there, and they had tons of food and tons of booze there, and you were teaching me how to take shots of vodka. Are you... uh, (laughs) Breathe in, the inhale. shoot it, and then exit. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's weird when you think back to like things that you've forgotten, uh, people could remember you by, that would be maybe a good question for future intake is like, what would someone else remember you by that you wouldn't want them to? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh uh, man. My sister says that one to me all the time. She's like, Hey, you taught me how to sh- do shots. I'm like, damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's funny. Cause I've definitely shown that method to many people, <laughs> many people. It helps it's, yeah it's basically what you breathe in shoot the vodka and then breathe out but it's kind yep. of like a you're really intentional about it like a
2: yeah yeah so that I think the way I learned it I'm trying to think oh, I think a
1: slurp involved is it like a like a
2: no it's it's uh the real the key to it is breathe in through the nose-hmm shoot while you're holding your breath in and then as you swallow exhale so like the sort of uh you know the, the, the not so the not so fun parts about shooting
1: liquor don't really uh, catch up with you yeah yeah it's almost like <laughs> it doesn't even happen and then there. you know you're crawling all, along the floor you know it's funny we did end up on the roof that night which, I was uh,
2: that's exactly what I was thinking about when you brought up that show yeah. I, I remember drinking beers on that roof at the, at that hotel yeah that, like it small was great. Hotel. <laughs> it was amazing As,
1: uh, we started a Patreon with the the, the Menzingers and we do a song exploder kind of thing where mm-hmm. we break down a song go over it so the one that's coming out soon we spent a good time talking about rooftops because that is like always back then forever we would always be trying to get on roofs and that was one of the the legendary ones because I don't know if you remember or I don't remember if you were with me but one of us stepped right through the roof there's like two or three of us left on there and somebody stepped and put a big hole (laughs) Uh, I
2: sort of remember that I don't think I saw it. I don't think I witnessed it for yeah, a second. I
1: think it was i think it was my leg that went through when we were running <laughs> around up there and then i'm i always afraid that they were gonna find out and little I know if they didn't
2: it's also <laughs> it's also always fun to be like hey I think that was my leg that fell through a roof and you yeah. were like why can't I remember that clearly like <laughs> yeah right because um, well, it's
1: funny because while we were, I was getting ready to tell you this story I had remembered it very clearly it being my leg and now I don't really remember if it was <laughs> That. <laughs> so, uh, yeah man so you've had a, a really interesting uh journey so far so you uh what, what do you guys tell everybody what you've been up to um along with playing drums and in, in timeshares
2: yeah dude sure um whew. yeah where to begin i always think exactly. about it like, right like like well, maybe
1: can- I'll lay it out for. You. I remember sure. specifically when we first met you guys. Um, you're playing. And you got. You know, there's the knockdown. You're in my phone as Eric Knockdown for yes. so long until I'm actually really bummed. I had everybody uh, in their first bands as their last name in my phone for probably ten. You know, more than ten years or whatever. And now that you can make your own contact, they're all switched. Mm-hmm. So the fun the fun is ended. But mm-hmm. Nick Harris, I switched his back to Nick Ruining, so it has to stay that way. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I remember first meeting you guys, there are a couple things about you that um, really stand out in my mind. One is the bell. Yeah, Yeah, the giant bell that you'd hit, (laughs) which is so sick. such a great uh, uh, addition to the set. And also, I remember one time, it may have been in Florida, I forget where we were with you guys, there was a a motel or a hotel, and you were loading and unloading the van, (laughs) On your own in the morning as exercise. (laughs) And I was like, damn, that guy's fucking cool. That is awesome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's such a it's exciting to hear you say that that guy is cool. Cause there were a lot of other opinions about what that guy was when he was seen doing that. <laughs> but uh,
1: totally. I think that's why it's kind of a parallel too. a lot of the, as we first got into punk rock and we could get into this eventually that yeah. there's kind of an aversion away from mm. things that would be what considered jockey or mm-hmm. uh, certain areas of like masculine even maybe, I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah. So at the time, like the guy who the Jack muscular guy loading and unloading the van I could see it would draw some
2: ire. Yeah. Yeah. was questionable to say the least. It's I think. questionable. <laughs>
1: What's he doing here?
2: <laughs> yeah. But those are, um, it's funny. I think those are probably, those are probably two of the most common things that people, like anyone that I know from playing music says like, well, the bell is just a total Fugazi rip. And yeah. I ended up with that. I've been playing with that for probably, I mean, really trying to like dig back. That's like, Almost 15 years. That thing's come to Europe every time. I've left underwear home to put that in a suitcase. Like, <laughs> like the bell. It's like, and for anyone that doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about, it's a ship's bell that's solid brass that weighs like probably 10 pounds without the attachment that like would, you know, would be bolted into the outside of a ship. Um, and it's like eight inch diameter at like the actual part of the bell solid brass I mean it's hollow in the center but like it's I don't know like a quarter inch thick brass it's fucking so heavy <laughs>
1: uh, you're just lugging it checking just lugging it around.
2: yeah and it's like honestly oh it's so ridiculous it's not even like all that versatile now it's like now, you know, now I question like, ah, man, this is like gimmicky, but like, I mean, it. It. it's I'm just fun, gonna- <laughs> you know, it's fantastic.
1: And you can't, you can't just drop it now. That would be, that'd, oh, that'd yeah. pose too many more questions.
2: Right. Like what happened to the bell? Yeah, what happened what, to the bell? This guy's losing his mind. Is it, um, we have to find it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what? so good. But yeah, now, and I'm also thinking about like the loading and unloading the van, um, was like, I think when we really started touring heavily was around the same time that I really like personal fitness and I wouldn't say health at this point. I really I would not. I'll be totally transparent. Like it wasn't about health, it was about fitness. It was about like um yeah, like the the like athleticism part about health. Sure. Like the the physical well-being not not really taking into account mental, emotional Or even like nutritional health to that degree. Uh, Even though at that time I was like upset, like I was heavy into veganism and I was like, I did everything. I brought, you can ask anybody in the band, like I brought all sorts of crazy shit on tour in like boxes and bins that lived under the seat. And I always had like (laughs) snacks
1: and like, but yeah. I feel like the amount of information that we had access to regarding a lot of those things wasn't necessarily there yet. Yeah. Totally. Or, you know it was difficult. You could you know veganism had its nutritional that it was more of a moral um rallying point, it seems like back then than it is now where there's nutritional benefits, there's actual research that's been done, you know, things like yeah.
2: that. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's totally shifted gears. Yeah. I think the early introduction of that was like really heavily in like animal rights and just like political yeah. activism of like, well fuck you this is the norm, but it fits in line with yeah. like the.
0: Like, and it's
1: contrary. It was contrarian too. You know, it was like, yeah, this absolutely. is something, a way to, I can identify myself. Not to say that vegans are just contrarian cause they don't want to be the norm, but I, I right. believe that in your late teens, early twenties, when you're trying to define yourself and push away from yeah. uh, things that you either find are wrong or things that you find boring, you'll embrace mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's, know, a po- it's a A hundred percent. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like a possible like, uh, like, well, I don't conform to this thing that everyone else does. And so this is how I'm going to carve out my space to some degree. Not saying, like you said, that's not everyone's (laughs) angle, but that certainly was part of mine. I'll be honest. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Hell yeah. I think everything I fucking did then was, (laughs) was something along those lines. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so you have been, you know, you, Trained me for lack of a for the most straight, easy way to put it as yeah. far as physical fitness goes. So, you've been studying this stuff for a long time, uh, yeah. you've been practicing it for a long time, and now you are helping people um, in their journey on health, fitness, wellness. You could even say, I don't know if that's a yeah. uh, what that word has all kinds of connotations to all different kinds of people, but this is obviously something that was going on forever. So, you're saying that you even earlier we were talking, you worked at a um, supplement place or the mm-hmm. supplement section of a health food store
2: yeah 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 i i was the assistant manager i don't even know if they would i didn't get the title but i felt like the assistant <laughs> manager. <laughs> i yeah. like um you know i was like a young kid that was at this time i had already I, my dreads were already in i was already like swinging hard into how counter can i be and so um supplementation started to go hand in hand with like the idea of being vegetarian at the time or V ve- I don't even think I was vegan yet, but, um, and I just loved it. I loved like learning about how, and this is like also like sort of the beginning of the boom of like the health supplement sure. cons- consumerism, like fucking entity, this massive thing that exists now, like a multi yeah. multi-billion dollar industry. Um, I just like loved learning about it. And that's where like a big core foundation of like my nutrition knowledge came from. Like my first, my first like three or four weeks working this job, my ma- my boss would be like, Hey, all I want you to do is like, there's like these five encyclopedias about like alternative healing methods while you're on the clock. If you're not helping a customer, I just want you to read these books. So I would just stand there Damn. and just like read, I'd be like, Oh yeah, here are all the forms of vitamin D. Uh, that are possible at this point. Here's like, here's what Red Yeast Rice actually does and how it's isolated and like, <laughs> wow. uh, it's really interesting, but.
1: That's a really cool delegation as well from, uh, and what what age were you when was, you were? When, 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 uh, I
2: was 17.
1: Yeah, see, that's like, you yeah. figure most jobs when you're 17 are very kind of, I don't have to pay this person a lot to do this kind of menial task, which a lot of 17 year olds yeah. probably should be, at least I should have been doing pretty menial <laughs> stuff like I was, but, uh, to bring in another, you know, to delegate another responsibility, be like, okay, I want you to just sell this shit, but why don't you learn this? Yeah. Um, why don't you take the time in your spare time to actually build the foundation for all this stuff is, that's pretty cool. It's a really cool opportunity for a 17 year old, I think as well. hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Steve Kajajian was my manager. He's nice. like one of the, yeah, he like entrusted me with uh, quite a bit, you know, and, um, He, he, yeah, wonderful, wonderful kind of like uh, manager mentor. In addition to like, wow, he had like two dietetics degrees. He was like super, super knowledgeable and encouraged me to learn, not just like, you know, break boxes down. And I, which I did a ton. I like. We always joke like my girlfriend. I, she, like a box will come in from whatever fucking thing arrives at the house, and she's like looking for the scissors to cut the tape. <laughs> and I'm just like, poof, poof, like, and then peeling yep. the tape off uh, in like yeah. eight seconds, uh, folded up. And so I'm like, great. Ah, I just did this for so long, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, yeah, I worked at a supermarket <laughs> and a couple other jobs of breaking down boxes and I even I still have one of those little silver box cutters. I'm just like nice. boom, 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 every time one comes in.
2: That's so good. <laughs> I love that.
1: Flat packet. Yeah. Yeah, babe. but yeah, that's was that kind of the kickoff for you? Uh, in you know, mm. health, fitness, wellness? Like uh just kind of because now you know so much about that shit that you're able to help other people. And yeah. uh, you've been on this you know journey for a while. Does that kick it off? Was there something in high school mm. or middle school? I know for me, we had this thing where if uh, you lifted, they had like a chart. And if you hit, you went to the, the gym of the school after school for like an hour or whatever, a couple times a week for X amount of time, you got to go on a field trip. So me and my friends were like, oh, fuck yeah, we're going to get out of school? We're going to do this. And that kind of was the absolute first introduction to any type of anything. We spent most of the time just like seeing who can bench press the most at once, <laughs> and it was never me, <laughs> I'm like a foot shorter than everyone else. But uh, that was kind of like yeah. meeting in that world was a, an interesting first for me. Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. And just side note, yeah, like limb length uh, you know, biological limb length differences is it totally, it's a real limitation. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's not, that's not like, that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> but no, tr- uh, that's a good question. Like to really dig into it is like really does sort of inform everything for what I do now. Uh, and so it is kind of important. Like I, uh, struggle with like childhood obesity. I was a very overweight kid. Um, <clears throat> You know, and it like kind of culminated, you know, for like years and years, it was, um, uh, you know, people would ask my parents about, you know, see, checking if I was okay. And, wow. you know, it was like, well, yeah, it's. Uh, I think the term, especially then, you know, this is like, like early 90s, like, well, it's baby fat. You know, it's like, right? That's like the term. <laughs> yeah. It's like baby fat. He'll grow out of it. You'll grow out of it. And like, that's the thing. Like when you're a child, you know, you hold on to. More tissue because it's like it's stored energy, and there's a lot of energy fucking needed at all times to grow that thing, <laughs> like yeah. that human. So, anyway, absolutely, I like grew into this point where it was like, um, <clears throat> you know, it started to really affect me when I hit the like, I think where it most commonly affects everyone is like probably middle school, where like puberty begins, socialization hits its like sort of. Peak introduction, yeah, and the idea of reputation and like image, like, really, really, just like smacks you in the face. And um, I got bullied severely. Like, I changed my bus route a couple times. Jeez, fucking Uh, kids are so bad. It was so, it was ruthless. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I got like played like team sports, and parents were worried that I was too heavy to play contact sports with their kids. Um, so I was forced to play up two to three years of my own age damn. so that I fit in with their, you know, with where they were on the growth curve and stuff. And it was just brutal. And I generally just felt, uh, you know, like it was, it was heavy. It was like a really big thing to carry. And, you know, looking at the external world, I, Said, okay. Well, the thing, the the cause for my unhappiness is my weight, and so I said, let me take this in my own hands, and I struggled with anorexia for about almost two years, and like I would eat like one meal a day, basically. Sometimes, if I if I had to have dinner with the family, I would eat that meal. And any other time that I didn't, I wasn't in front of someone that I would be, you know, I'd have to like explain why I wasn't eating. If I didn't have that situation, like at school or whatever, I just didn't eat. I need breakfast on the way to school. I need lunch. Um, And I I dropped well under a hundred pounds. At that point, my parents like really picked up on something was going on and I got the help that I needed at that time, but like. That the the body image thing stuck with me. Um, it was a ch- it was a battle that I fought through really until I got to college. Like, s- seriously, um, yeah. I stayed super thin, super thin. I ran like twenty miles a week. Wow. <coughs> um, yeah, so it's really it's interesting. Like right around the time that we started touring was when I was in college and I got exposed to weight training. And that was like, even after learning some about nutrition and supplementation and stuff, I didn't really have an understanding of how it could be useful. It seemed like another out, it seemed like another, uh, well, if I don't eat, I could take this. Yeah. Or whatever. But yeah, weight training like changed the paradigm because it allowed me to go, cool, I can manage my weight in a much more self beneficial way. And, um, That was really like the catapult.
1: Damn. uh, I'm really, really happy to hear and see that you came out on the other side of all of that extremely difficult um, circumstances and conditions to be in. Uh, People are fucking vicious especially yeah. kids and forgive me, but I'm imagining probably a lot of Long Island kids. Is that where, that's where he grew up, right? Oh yeah. Dude, yeah, on, those yeah. kids are fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ruthless,
2: ruthless. <laughs> exactly. not, that all, not that all are, but there's a tendency to be pretty hot. <laughs> pretty hot.
1: Yeah, definitely, for sure. I, uh, Greg's entire family is from there. I love them. Uh, their cousins are awesome. And some of their cousins' friends are hilarious. And a lot of the other people, I mean, we've been playing Long Island for, for 10 years or 15 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. With-
2: Play uh, Revolution often, right? I think yeah, was.
1: next to the Reptile Place. Yeah, and, and the the Amityville Horror House. Yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Been there times.
2: Which I think actually, unfortunately, I think they closed during uh COVID, um oh, and all. And
1: I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Revolution yeah. is closed.
2: And so, the Paramount. I remember. Obviously, that happened because I was attached there. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. Which is one of the coolest venues. Uh, yeah. that I honestly ever have played with the the speakeasy in the basement shit. But yeah, Revolutions next to the reptile place. Last mm-hmm. time I played there, somebody put a uh, off ice in where the microphone was supposed to be. So I got iced <laughs> as I walked out onto the yeah. stage. That's pretty yeah, good. It's a, so <laughs> that time in middle school and in high school, I remember attending some assemblies uh, about eating disorders and body image. Um, and it was typically female-centric. So I think that sure. at West Grant Intermediate, they would take uh, girls separately and have them, and talk to them uh, there, which, you know, yeah. if that works. Hey, I don't uh, that makes sense. But the male aspect of it often wasn't, wasn't discussed. And I did have a friend who was in a similar situation. And I remember my parents sitting us down being like, what did you say about so-and-so? I'm like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't say shit about them. Um did not speak so eloquently when I was a kid, but, uh, yeah, I remember it being a thing and we had to like help our friends because they had uh, stopped eating like almost completely. Um, and that is pretty wild. There's so many things to unpack there and so many wild ideas, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's an extremely serious thing that people suffer with at a deep level. Um,
2: it's, yeah, it's brutal. Um, I'm sorry for your friend and what a, what a lucky friend to be able to have, Someone like you and other friends that are, you know, willing to step up and say, "Hey, like we're gonna we're gonna try to help you. Maybe we don't know how, but but if you if you give me the permission to try to help you, I'm I'm here."
1: Um, yeah, thanks, man. It didn't. We I, yeah. we kind of. It was a very parental kind of thing. Um, yeah which where we where we came from definitely probably similar to, to Long Island and northeastern Pennsylvania where it was like you didn't talk about the idea of a therapist or something that's like for the kid who kills cats you know it's not right, like right, something right. that at that time would, it was at that yeah. time it was very <laughs> yeah. stigmatized you did not uh, there's nothing like that but they did sure enough you know even back then got it got it moving
2: yeah uh, it's it's interesting there's so many things that like pop up as we like talk about this and i reflect on like kind of uh you know the original kind of like question of like, well, you know, where, where are you at? What are you up to? Yeah. And I'm like, so much of this stuff informs what I do now. Like, um, and, and we're, in, we're luckily in a much more accepting environment to that type of self work. And like, totally. man, cause I think about like all that stuff, it comes, it comes from, you know, I don't think there's one origin point, right? There's a lot of factors here, but it's like, you know, uh, media, media conditioning, um, social, social misrepresentation, um, uh, like just like everything that's externalized, like you, there's like, there's like this belief that like something outside of you needs to be different in order for you as a human being to be different and thankfully there's like so much acceptance to the fact that, um, you know, like, like you said, like that stigma used to exist in terms of therapy and, you know, I've run into that still sometimes with coaching there's, yeah. there's obviously, cause it's like, coaching is like kind of a, to some people still is sort of like a mystery like field, unless you're in, you work in corporate and you're like, Oh, business coaching. Got it. Exactly. Sure, yeah. But yeah, but there's like so much more that I do than, than business coaching. Um, but thankfully there's like, not just, there's a growing, uh, slow growing appetite, but even aside from that, like there has to be openness to allow this to like exist first. Totally. Uh, And that's thankfully beginning.
1: Yeah. I think it, I think it is only the beginning as well. Um, I think that, Especially talking to a lot of my friends and people that normally would not be open to talking about anything like that. Any any type yeah. of, like, not self-betterment or changing the view of yourself like that deeply, but just <coughs> help in general. There's a, a lot of extreme stigma around uh, asking people for help, your friends for help. Uh, you know, everyone has that annoying friend that asks for too much help, uh, whether they're just, like, constantly moving some fucking hell or, you know, the person <laughs> who just, like gets attention or whatever in a ways that are kind of like negative or that what's about toxic is kind of like, you know, normally what it's referred to as, but sure. I've got friends that are finally like, Hey, listen, I can't handle this. Or what do you know about this? Or do you, how do I find a therapist? Those kind of things like that. Or like, yeah. how do I, you know, where do I start if I wanted to go to the gym to feel better about my about myself? Yeah. Um, that's becoming a lot less, you know, stigmatized. And I think it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And which is where kind of what the, field and room that i think that you're in and correct me if i'm wrong is is kind of changing as well so there's a lot of like um we'll say instagram accounts and people on social media that have kind of brands or lifestyle brands of people like uh influencing and trying to give direction and stuff like that and it seems kind of like as it was just like back lifting in the van, which I think is awesome. Which I think most of <laughs> the people who think it was stupid probably now agree, it was it's pretty fucking badass. Um, how that goes back to like sifting through that is basically what I'm asking. It seems yeah. like it's, since it's such a wild west situation, how do you feel that you mm. fit into all of it?
2: That's a, that's a, dude, you should be a podcast host. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: Maybe that we'll questions. record this.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, maybe, uh, yeah, it's not too late. Um, yeah. No, seriously, that's a fucking really good question because that is like, that is like my sort of battle cry is, um and I, I think it was sort of, we were like touching on it a, a few minutes ago, but like, <clears throat> right, there is such an abundance of everything now, like an abundance, yeah. like everything. And we could, we could like, that conversation could go a million different directions, sure. but especially in terms of like, what's the best way to move forward, Um, right? What's the best uh, Self development toolkit. What's the best? Like, Man, and it's all even
1: what you're yeah. saying right now, it, it, I'm guilty of so often of like, oh, I need to get, you know, X thing. I, my toothbrush is broken. I need a new one. I will Google yeah. what's the best fucking toothbrush. And then it will be stressful and I'll waste 20 minutes when all I need <laughs> is a fucking toothbrush.
2: Yeah. Right. Like yeah. in the, <laughs> I just need bristles that like scrape against these teeth a little bit. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but, sorry. I would like you're saying people <laughs> ask no, what's the best way forward. What's the, you know,
2: that's just like, I mean, that's, that's all part of it too, right? Like a lot of the idea of like best of anything is it all comes unfortunately back to like this idea of hyper consumerism. It's like, right. Like because you're not good enough until you have the best fill in the blank. Um, your life is not complete enough until you have the best fill in the blank. You could be right in this idea of like optimizing your life by getting the best. There's, there's a pro and a con to all that, right? The pro is that people are seeking out how to, uh, you know, show up in in the world in a way that they can feel happier about more proud about more content with, um, whether it's buying a toothbrush or it's like, or it's like, what's the, what's the workout plan that's going to get me the most like lean and like feel the best about myself. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it all circles back to like, you said, the word you said that's perfect is filter. Um, with the, the overabundance of everything available, tips, tricks, everyone on the internet's a fucking guru in something. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that too. Like sometimes when I like share a thought on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, I think on some level it can come off as like, this is the way forward. Um, and I think the core of everything is that the, the main goal that I would encourage and empower everyone to chase is is actually something that's not uh, chaseable. It's just witnessable. It's like self-awareness is the actual like key component to anything. Because if you if you can identify who you are, what your needs are, what your like uh, core beliefs are, how you view the world, is this how I want to view the world? Once you identify all that shit. Then cherry picking what you need to move forward to grow for you becomes possible. And it's not as overwhelming. But unfortunately, there isn't a ton of emphasis put on like doing that inner work first. So instead, it's just like, right? Like keto, carnivore, vegan, (laughs) uh, macro counting, um, fucking, you know, blood type diet. Like there's a million different options. And you're like, well, what do I do? And it's like literally you like whatever you can stick to feel good about and, and, and it also, it's like, what's the goal? What's really the goal? Um Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think roundabout. huge, huge yeah. what you said about consumerism and how it plays into this and how we live our, you know, how we've lived as Americans for the last, last hundred years, yeah. or however long it's been specifically the last half of the, the 20th century into now where it's fucking insane with the amount of uh, attention that is required to, Anything, yeah. the amount of way directions that we are pulled in. And I think even earlier you had mentioned uh, the externalization of mm-hmm. – uh, not even the externalization of what's inside, but feeling that you need to change the outside to change the inside, which is, of course is true in a lot of regards. But zeroing in on the idea of figuring out what's the best or what do I need or what I can you know pay for or not pay for, get for free, all of these things – doesn't really work unless you uh, fix the inside, like you're saying. You don't even have like, yeah. to fix it. Just know it. So if you know what you want, know what's best, know your strengths and your weaknesses, which is so fucking hard. I f- personally feel like that's one of the most difficult parts of my entire life. I was talking to a very dear friend of mine about how some of the highest stress that you can experience in a day, and this is like a, a wild byproduct of the, the, the excessive um, American society at the moment or whatever, mm-hmm. is to choose which... Let's say to make a decision in a gas station on tour. You may stand in front of the cooler, and the most stressful thing—not trying to get your mom to quit smoking, not your fucking brother got locked up or whatever, not you think your you know your girlfriend's cheating on you or something. It is, do I get this? You know, what do I get out of this cooler? Um, because there's 500 different things, and I don't know what I want. Uh, I think you could bring that out into what you want as far as your career, what you want and far, as far as relationships and stuff. And it's really kind of okay to not know in the sense that life is an exploration anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun part of it. But it's uh, getting that little bit of wisdom of like, what do I know what I need for me? And then you can you know, go from there. And I think that a lot of what's offered of the kind of monkey see, monkey do – World of finding the right diet, the right exercise, the right relationship kind of situation is is lost in that cloud of just like being pulled in five different directions it's like, how many yeah. fucking passwords do you have to have you know? yeah. just <laughs> any of those things that, you know I always think of uh, I think I may have said this on the on the podcast before, but there was footprints that they found in Australia of just a regular ass human being from twenty seven thousand years ago or so running in uh, the sand. So they're like, yeah, he was running in the sand and he was running faster. He was like running as fast as Usain Bolt is and he's just a regular human. You're like, no, I don't think we evolved to remember 500 passwords and take a picture of our sushi and put it on Instagram or whatever. Just something seems to be a little bit disconnected there, which is cynical and oversimplified, but whatever, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, we could just fucking throw it out there and we can pick it apart and put the disclaimers of like, hey, we're two human beings having an imperfect human conversation and don't claim to know the answers. But But what you're pointing at is like really, I mean, that is really the question is like, well, you know, how do you proceed with the climate we're in? Like, uh, uh, like, you know, oh man, there's so many things that just popped up in my brain as you're talking, Yeah, like man, roll it. the, the, well, the first thing that, when that, that like stuck out to me is like, you correct yourself when you said like, you know, the tendency to want to fix what's going on in here first in order to move forward. And you were like, ah, actually it's more to know. And like, that's the right. Like the Bruce Lee quote of like all, all knowledge is self-knowledge. Yeah. Like it's actually just like the. I think that a a key component of living a really, um, fulfilled, actualized life is, um, is being willing to explore like the deepest, deepest parts of, of actually who and what you are and to accept all of those parts. Um, to know them because then navigating the world becomes quite a bit easier it's not easy but it becomes easier to navigate the thing of like which soft drink or whatever do i get at the gas station in <laughs> at loves in in fucking the midwest like uh, <laughs> or flying jays yeah, uh, whatever yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i think i think that's just like a really important thing to hammer home is like uh you know and i even get this is a, maybe a, a Tangent in a, you know, sense, but like, um, I don't like being thinking of like what I do in the, in the category of self development or self help or, um, self improvement. Like I, there, I don't believe that actually, like if we want to call it improvement and development, really what's happening is that you're becoming more comfortable accepting and willing to explore who you are at the at like the at like the real real deepest level um because that is what brings what i think almost almost anyone i've ever sat in a coaching conversation with in the first call or the intake form or whatever like people are seeking in my experience balance peace yeah. calmness contentment like contentedness like centeredness like you could put a million phrases or words to explain that idea, but it's basically it's, yeah, it's like, it's peace. It's like, how do I, how do I just, I, I think, and I think people confuse oftentimes, like the idea of like, um we're pushed in a in a direction. Maybe this is a tangent. I could stop here, sure, no, want, man. but got it. just like there is a nudging in the same way that you are, you are given the choice of a million different options of drinks to take from the gas station, yeah. there's also a million different best ways you can learn to become better. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> right. And like so on that point, there's a yeah. million different ways you can do that. So I wonder yeah. what the difference essentially is between coaching and and teaching. So someone may come to you, you have this uh, you know immense wealth of knowledge regarding physical fitness these things that you're in this meat suit you know we're, we're here you're in the body so you have to deal with that that's number one you're not you can't float around <laughs> without it so th- there's a lot of things that people learn about it you know a lot more about it than most people you've been educated you have the experience um that's kind of like i think that's what the the, the switch is so for me if someone came to me and said hey i want to play guitar i'd be like oh you know there's 500 million different guitars what are you thinking or where do you want to go or a camera If someone's like i want to buy a camera i'd be like well do you have many different paths that you may go down depending on what you want to do but playing a guitar and taking a picture are not intertwined with your existence it's not the the, the housing of your consciousness so I, I think it is a little bit holier or whatever adjective we want to use to describe it so i think maybe that's what the difference becomes between coaching and teaching. Like, why wouldn't we call you a a physical mm. fitness teacher or something? You know, uh, yeah. it seems like the I don't know what the connotation on the flip is of those things.
2: Yeah, so. no, I mean it's a, I mean it's a good that's a good way to lay it out. Like, um, in the in the simplest in the simplest sense, I think I would describe uh coaching, what I do, and there and even in coaching there's like right now there's like a million different uh ways you could look at even the word coaching. Um yeah. but when I think about coaching and what I try to do with clients um is hold space um a, like a very a non judgmental space. Wow that's for- interesting
1: because in my mind uh I was thinking holding space but the net like not the negative connotation of holding space but part of it is the being ensuring accountability so Mm -hmm. like that's a good way to say like you know hold space is such a more positive way to think about it because you're like oh it exists here judgment free whereas the accountability is like well it exists here but you are pressured to do it because otherwise you have to be embarrassed
0: (laughs) yeah
2: yeah i mean and yeah the whole idea of accountability is like wild anyway and it comes up so much in the (laughs) physical realm it's like When people like I want accountability, it's basically like, I don't trust myself to follow through on a thing that I want. So I need someone else to hold a gun to me and say, (laughs) right, like you need to get this done. Um, and so like, yeah, the way I just look at, I look at coaching is like, how can I hold the mirror up for you? And, and we can inch by inch actually look further into the mirror instead of at it. How can we, how can, how can you like get to know, Really, what it is that you're after, right? Because then, if you know, like, like in that example, like if someone goes, like, I want to be Tom May from the Menzingers, guitar style, right? Yeah, and they know that th- here's all the reasons why. What I don't he know why I would want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can list off a couple reasons, but you know, that's not what this is about. I don't <laughs> think. Yes, I don't. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. But like, getting really, really clear on, on like what you're after and then why you're and like digging into why you're after it, what you really gain from it helps to make the decision-making process easier on the, on the, in the external reality, right. Yeah. Of like choosing what guitar, choosing yeah. what strings, choosing what, whatever, like you have a clear vision of like, you know, what that goal is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The biggest difference between coaching and like teaching is like, like teachers, share knowledge. They share information. They, you know, the goal is so that you, you learn something, um, that you didn't before. And there's the crux of it coming back again is like from the external world input, right? It's like things coming in. Whereas like with coaching, I'm not giving you advice. I am not telling you the way forward. Uh, I'm holding that, that like space again, right. To like, let you determine actually, what is the way forward for you? Exactly. Uh, so you do the work. I don't.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. love where exists between the two. Uh, yeah. So, so much of, um, the aversion to the externalities, or like we mentioned before, filtering through a lot of the things to behaviors that you can have to make yourself better, uh, is defined by the absence of all of that chaos. And in that mm. is kind of a rejection of the established ways, or at least of where people were trying to take advantage of other people. And I was wondering, that that's, you know, to me, it's different for everyone. It's one of the foundations of punk rock and one of the main defining things that we've held uh, as a band, us personally and with our friends and the, and the scene and culture that we built and grew up around. And I wonder how much of that informs what you're doing. How much of that mm. kind of like inherent skepticism or cynicism, if that is even, you know, part of your punk rock journey Mm. while how that like kind of aligns it, like where does the two intersect?
2: That's a, it's a, it's a good place to explore. I think the best way I could, I could put it into words is that, um, it's in a way it's really central and it's in a way like I've really, I've really, um, gone a different path in some ways and how I approach it because right like uh going against a mainstream notion, questioning questioning a norm, uh que- and you know, on the in the external world, that's like the punk rock representation, right? Is like yeah. questioning treatment of other people, questioning right, like a whole slew of these like areas. Uh Absolutely. And s- right. And I'd like take that, you know, half let's say 50% of how i approach coaching or whatever is to just flip it from external to internal questioning actually like do i really believe that do i right like yeah. questioning everything on an internal level first um so i think that does play into what i do but to but to some degree also what's challenging right when we think about like the example of punk rock is that and this is like maybe an unpopular thought uh, but like it's really what i think is at some point, counterculture does become culture, and sure. and then once that becomes it, should you no longer question that, um, right? And like, in some ways, I can like we can relate real punk with real science, yeah, yeah, right. It's like <laughs> right, like totally th- this like thing goes from counterculture, and you question it enough to to whatever, and people and then people like yeah yeah this yeah that 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 that, and then it becomes culture. It's yeah. norm. It's like the norm. Because it's found its way in um totally. but
1: especially in today's world, where you're able to exist in so many subcultures in niche worlds, especially yeah. with the connectivity of online, you can be that you're the main culture doesn't necessarily be the majority, but could be like a big section, and you're just in that,
2: yeah, yeah, totally and then and then within that, you get to question you get to question like is this where it stays, right? The same way exactly. that
1: like, the same way you go like,
2: okay, cool. We, uh, we science, sci- enough scientific experiments have led to the theory, the fully, whatever, agreed upon theory that X equal or X causes Y, right? Yeah. True science to the definition is, is that actually it never rests. Yeah. You always are putting it through the Socratic method, right? The like, the like, continuing to to like refine and, re, and and test and test and test because
1: oh totally and not right, to that's, protect it's not exactly uh, it's objective yeah. this is not yeah
2: yeah and like yeah being open to the fact that like you may be wrong in your in where you stand at this moment today even if you believed it to be right 10 years ago
1: yeah um that's one thing I often wonder about is whether or not punk rock ruined my life. You know, that's uh, <laughs> the joke. Cause I think Mark code made those stickers. Yeah. Is that, um, is that
2: world Scariest? Is that where that came from? Or uh, something-
1: I think, yeah, it may have came from world scariest. It definitely came from Pittsburgh. We'll say the punkest city in America. Oh yeah. Uh, or let's say Western <laughs> PA, but um, Yeah, so I always wonder those things that I felt so closely, that cynicism and that uh, reversion to main culture, I always wonder how much of that, like you said, you can look back 10 years and think that that wasn't the case. How much of that is ingrained and didn't change and ruined opportunities or like even throws back again to the whole idea of people being cynical about Something as simple as exercise, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you think that (laughs) uh, a lot of times when people give me shit for exercise stuff, it's like, first off, it's funny and awkward, so I get it, but sometimes it's because (laughs) they're, like, if I have a a, a reaction to give somebody shit about it, I'm like, it's because I'm not doing it or whatever. Uh, You know, like you always hate the worst part of yourself outwardly Mm -hmm. or whatever. But Mm -hmm. so much of it is I wonder how that kind of cynicism really just buried it all and left you an an inability to uh, be optimistic or to like things that are popular. I think a healthy dose of contrarianism and that kind of stuff is still fun, but it's like, yeah.
2: I think willing to uh, the way I would look at it is like being willing to question everything all the time and not rest on uh you know like plant your flag in the ground and you're like this is it i'm never moving like i think that's <laughs> that's like futile that's like um when you do that you you actually stop growing you stop creating and evolving as soon as you stamp that flag and you close off possibility of that a belief might not or and here's the thing like that belief on some level did serve you to do something or uh, oh, and, totally and maybe yeah. where you're going now it doesn't or yeah, it's just always important, like, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of oh, work yeah. to continue to, like, spend time inside this fucking thing. <laughs>
1: right. Just going to cue Shed shed by Title Fight right now. Shed your skin, play that. We'll just sit here and listen to it. I love that song. That's what it always meant for me. Um, so like a that. lot of people who listen to this are musicians themselves, like us. Uh, people are working on their own. Uh, businesses or finding niches or or building a, uh, you know, a purpose and, and a drive for themselves like like, like you are, like I am. Um, where do you see what you're doing going in a couple of years? So I had this thought mm. about it and that was that we had mentioned before, talked several times about filtering through a lot of the noise that exists within that, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, industry, culture, whatever. Uh, I wonder if it isn't going to be kind of like how music and some podcasting has gone and broken off into sections. So the idea of finding the best way or the best thing for you might not necessarily be what you need, but having all these spheres of influence and kind of smaller groups, like how many people do you need to take on at once? Do you need to be the best in the entire world? How many people Mm. need to come to one of our shows? Like if we never played a show that was bigger than the biggest show that we've played right now, I would die an extremely happy man um just kind of wondering how the way that the technology interconnects to us how or interconnects us how that is going to push these kind of things forward
2: mm. so you're like, like for exa- sorry i'm yeah. uh, just rambling now but no but, no no yeah, happy <laughs> for one
1: of the one of the examples i think of is uh, peloton so you know like, sure. it's a really expensive bike thing that's it's like two grand or something for a bike but it, it seems like, yeah, what you're, like yeah you're not necessarily doing it for the bike <sighs> You're doing it because you are connected to a screen that connects to people in New York that are teaching a class or whatever. You can like see yourself on a mountain trail or something. I think. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder how those things are are gonna move your current, you know, that part of your life and that part of your your industry and, we'll, and we'll watch it.
2: Mm. Let me, I want to make sure I have it like clear. So it's basically like, how does like how do you how do you rationalize what you like your goal, like on the outside versus, uh, like what you're doing. Is that kind
1: of. That's where I went. That's not where I meant to go. Sorry. <laughs> what I meant was how do you see this industry changing in and of itself in mm. a practical way, like in practice. So we've talked a lot about, um, the ideas behind things and our motivations and purpose and reconciling things, but how does this work in real life? Like, how do you mm. help somebody? Like, what does it look like? Yeah. And where do you think that it's going to go?
2: Yeah. Uh, hmm. i think i think ultimately what most people would say is a key result from like getting to work together and i don't think it's i don't think it's uh, yeah i don't think it's all that unique to me exactly i think it has to do with like coaches that approach things similarly to the way i do is that um I want people to be able to walk away from working together in a much more self-reliant, self-responsible, self-aware state so that they can, right? Like, right. Teach a person to fish. Um, Only what's even funnier. And we can go back to the other thing is like, I'm coaching a person to fish. So I'm actually, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, Hey, how would you catch this fish? Yeah. And so, giving people the tools to like become uh resourceful with the creativity that they already have and the ideas they already have, because like, like it's endless. It's, it's, if, if you're always seeking how to learn how to do something else from some, from someone else, it's, it's never ending in a, in a hamster wheel type way. At least it totally. can be, but yeah. like, but like learning, like, so I guess the projection of like where I see this going is like, Um, I want to be able to help as many people as possible with becoming not just okay with, but like really excited about the fact that they can rely on themselves, that they can like, that like taking responsibility for their lives is, is you know, is like actually exciting because so much opens up and and you move from like the idea of like being a victim of all circumstance to, you know, being able to like walk forward in the way that feels best for you. So that, I think that's, hopefully that <laughs> answers it clearly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it does, it does. That, that answers like, uh, you went into my next question actually, which was touched upon kind of the why, of doing it. Um, you know, you just laid out, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you can just help people in ways that are, you know, unparalleled in other areas, you know, uh, except unless you were like a doctor and they had a disease, you know, that's kind of like that kind of (laughs) shit, but being able to empower someone is empowering to you, I guess.
2: Even, even to that example of like, right. What becomes really cool is that once you, once you embody some of this stuff and you go through this, these processes of like, being courageous enough to really look inward and be honest with what you see, you then, let's say you have a disease, you get to, you, you, you gain the ability now to, to think critically about which doctor to go see, sure. like what help you actually want to take on instead of someone says, this is what it is. And I'm not saying like ignore a doctor's recommendations. I'm saying like, um, that there's a lot of wisdom that you have in there. And, uh, you know, you can learn to like trust that. It's really helpful in in, like navigating.
1: Um, Yeah, which especially in our um, medical, you know, industrial complex is very, it's not easy. Like you, a lot of times you think that you have to do certain things. You don't know where, you know, it's very, back to what we were saying in the beginning of I can't, there's so much fucking shit coming at you a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. The idea of being diagnosed and my, and my friends and family who have been hit with like a diagnosis or something wrong. You're like, what the fuck do I do next? And oftentimes they're just like, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. You know, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And that, that, that self-empowerment and wisdom, as you mentioned, would be very, very useful in those situations.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. That's the, that's why my, my side note why is like I've become extremely motivated on like, you know, Looking at the realities of, like you said, going forward, like, like right now we're having this conversation via a video chat service. And like, so because of, you know, like COVID challenges, like we've become even more tech reliant and tech obsessed. And I think a big part of my motivation is like, I, I love, I have a couple of clients that work inside the corporate tech space and I like, I love the idea of being able to bring these tools to people that are crafting future technologies. Because if you come at it with a more like a higher level of self-awareness and and greater consciousness, I believe that that's going to ripple into a technology that is like truly aimed to better people instead of just for a dollar.
1: Totally. Totally did it. I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think that would be a good spot to, to, to wrap her up <laughs> right, on the, uh, yeah. right on the motivations and skyrocket. <laughs> what, uh, what do you got coming up? Is there anything you want to talk about or bo- or, uh, or, or promote?
2: Um, uh, at this point I don't have too much going on. I think uh, outside of like the normal, I'm just, I'm just, uh, eagerly growing or eager to keep growing the coaching business and keep reaching people. And helping them, you know, step into step into those those things we talked about, right? Self-trust. Yeah, fuck yeah. How
1: do and, how do they how do they find you?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, website is strengthandlifecoach.com lifecoach.com. Uh, Instagram, same thing. Strength and Life Coach. Uh, LinkedIn is just my name. I'll be transitioning probably soon to just everything will be just my name. Cool. Um, but that's kind of. That's right, kind of yeah. it. Other other new stuff that I could share probably really quick is that Timeshares has a a full length that we've been sitting on for a while that is finally like done, and we're just figuring out how and when to release. And uh, we also are heading back to Retro City Studios uh, the end of February to track another three or four song EP, so that'll probably be out in the next uh, couple months also so that's pretty exciting stuff
1: hell yeah i'm fucking stoked about that and uh, i would love to have you on back uh, back on again if you if you were willing and we'll definitely dive in way more into timeshares next time uh, i would love that man are the some of the stories that we have together and what you guys have coming up music wise which yeah. has been fucking crushing i can't wait for the world to hear this record i've been up to retro <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of times it's been been a minute but yeah dude i uh, i'm super excited for you guys and i thank you so much again for coming on
2: Appreciate that, man. Thank you for doing what you do and for like uh, hosting something where people can like kind of go deeper into some things and just. I don't know. I just love everything you get up to, man. And I uh, I just appreciate it. Dude,
1: fuck yeah, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, brother.
2: Hell yeah, man. All right. Thanks, buddy.
1: And there you have it. Eric Bedell. I'm actually a week behind, so I've got a very special bonus episode coming your way at the beginning of next week. Um, As always, please send me an email and I'll get back to you. I hate social media and I'm sick of it. So please send me an email and I'll talk to you. Talk to you soon. Bye.
0: And new episodes come out every Monday.
1: Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.